Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Nobody's Podcast. This week, it's another somebody session in which these nobodies bring on a somebody who is an expert or rising star in their field. This week, our somebody is a certified life coach, YouTuber, and spiritual gangster. When she's not chilling with her friends or relaxing with her new fiance, she's guiding people toward their own specific paths to greatness through her signature life coaching program by helping them define what makes them come alive. This week, somebody is my friend, Shayna Lease. All right, we're recording. You start. Okay, first of all, do not tell me what to do. Talked right into that one. All right. Hey, guys, I'm Annie. And I'm Bryce. And we are the Nobodies. Experts on nothing. Opinions on everything. Hey, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nobodies. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited. Thank you for coming on, Shana. I I was uh it's been so long since I've seen you, since we've yeah. seen each other. And I and a lot has happened in your life, but I think the last I mean, I this can't possibly be right. But I think the last time might have been my birthday party like 2 years ago and we were all there. Yes, all I was about there. to say that. I was like I think the last time I saw you Annie was there. And the yeah. okay. first time we had met. 2 yes, years. That, right? yeah. yeah, that must have been 2 years ago cuz I think the last this yeah, it probably was pre-pandemic. Yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah. And what's interesting about that is that we were just starting to launch the podcast and you were so nice and excited. You were like, oh my gosh, I can totally see this. Like mm-hmm. from your own, I'm sure that I, you know, from your spiritual perspective, maybe that was a good omen because we just passed a hundred episodes recently. So I it's like. That. So exciting. Yeah. And I remember you guys so. telling me the concept and I was just like, oh, I love that. Even just before here, I was telling Nathan about it. I'm like, this is what their show's about. And this is the new segment and like all of that. And um, he's like, that's so cool. And I'm like, I know. I just, he, <laughs> both him and I, you know, we're both entrepreneurs. We just, we get very excited when people are passionate about something and take action and commit and just all of that. So we're just, yeah, I'm just excited and happy for you guys. This, this is so fun. Thank you. Oh, the thank action you. and commitment part is the hardest part for sure. <laughs> it is. It is for everybody. For yeah, just you real. For yeah. Real. Especially when you're doing something with Bryce, just <laughs> that weekly commitment is, can be taxing. Well, and because the, because not only is it a weekly commitment, it's the daily, sometimes hourly, sometimes minutely um, interaction with me. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many times I tell him, I don't want, I need, I don't want or need to know anything about the episode. No, it never fails. Doesn't matter. Well, (laughs) shifting gears, because this is not about us, but shifting gears, um, or not about me. Let's take the focus off of me for a minute. Um, (laughs) Because we'll get to that, we'll we'll circle back to that. But Shannon, you got you. Speaking of Nathan, you guys just got you recently got engaged. Yeah, it's wild. A couple of weeks ago, we got engaged in Napa. Yeah, congratulations. Oh Thanks. Yeah, really exciting. It's still kind of weird. I don't use the word fiance too often just yet. Um, but yeah, it's really exciting. I knew it was happening by the by the end of the year. We've been talking about it, but we're going to Hawaii in November right after Thanksgiving. And in my head. I was just convinced it was going to happen there. I was just like, of course, he's going to do it in Hawaii. So then we went to Napa and it happened. And I was like, I was the most annoying person to propose to. I just kept saying, 
what are you doing? Is this happening? What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) That would be me. I just couldn't believe it was happening. And I just kept asking questions and the poor thing's just trying to get through his speech. And it was just, I kind of blacked out, which they said you do anyway. And um, later on, I was like, could you just repeat like what you had said before? But it was, it was really special. (laughs) That's so sweet. It was nice. And we had the whole vineyard to ourselves. That was the only request. I was like, I just, I was like, I don't care how you do it. I just don't want anybody else to be around. Like that was fair. Yeah. And so he nailed it and it ended up being a really special weekend. So it was good. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Do you remember saying yes? Cause I know a lot of people say that too. No, I think, I think he may even have been like, like, I think he said at the end, okay, this is where you say yes. (laughs) I was just, I was still like, is this happening kind of thing? Um, yeah. So I don't think I really remember saying yes, but I did. So it's official. I hear that more often than not. Like even my sister said that that her her now husband was like, so is that a yes? And she was like, oh my God, yes. And then he was like, well, can I put your ring on you? Like she had like forgotten there was a ring. She had like yeah. forgotten all of it. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what happens. It's not what you, I think, expect it to be yeah. at all. Yeah. That yeah. is so cool. So when you put, because you posted on Instagram and you said the one where we got proposed, is that a reference to Friends? Of course. Look okay. at the back of her door, Bryce. Look at the back yeah. of her door. Oh, yeah. Door. Oh, I got it. You see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the same thing that Monica has on their door every day. Do you not yeah. have one? Her no, I'm shocked. Fan. Oh my god, I'll get you one for Christmas. I'm shocked. Annie did. Annie got me a mug that was that that is a Chandler mug on it that I that I certainly enjoy to drink co- my cold brew coffee out of, even though it's a coffee mug and I never drink anything hot out of it. Our neighbors they get their mail delivered to Chandler Bong. <laughs> so Stop. All, that yeah, is amazing. We're all friends here. We are all friends fans here in this uh, apartment complex, which is fun. That oh my so god! Cool. I might need you. We're gonna move soon, so I might need you to send me the info for your <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, for the listeners, Shana and I met through our friend Lindsay Peterson, who's very jealous that this is happening. By the way, and especially especially because she wants to be on the podcast, and I refuse to allow her because all she wants to do is tell like the yep. worst stories about me ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're booking Lindsay. We're one hundred. That's what I Lindsay. said. I said, why yeah. not? She would be your best guest yet. She well, is. And she- she's so interesting. I love her. Yeah, she would she be. Does, she's like does the coolest stuff. Bryce, she's you gotta an get artist. Over it. She's an artiste. I know. We really yeah. do need to have her on. But yeah. she she just wants to tell like the worst stories. And I'm like Lindsay. We. I mean, <laughs> why would you want? Why would you want to do that? Like, why? This is my podcast. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, this is that would be the whole point of coming on your podcast. Yeah, that's like the definition of our brand also right it could be like a yeah, you're hin- yeah you're hindering us Bryce I know I'm like ruining I'm ruining I'm you ruining are. the process of the podcast all right but she so we so we but as a shock to everyone so obviously mm-hmm. Shana is a life coach and shockingly to everyone has been generous enough to give me some free advice from time to time Have and I? yeah Yes. Oh, I remember a little yes. bit. Yeah, yeah. But, it's really so, Bryce is one of those people that it's really hard to not give him advice. That is <laughs> asking because him. you're just kind of watching him like bumble through life, and it's like at a certain point your humanity kicks in, and you're like, I have to. I'm do in the something. wrong if I don't do something. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. and Annie has become my unofficial life coach on this podcast. And yeah, and he's I, about I, to get fired as a client. And I don't listen quite. I quite often. 99% of the time I don't listen. So I'm a really great client to have. But um, you, what I like about Shana, what I like about your approach and like what you said, like almost I feel like right off the bat, like we had maybe met, 
maybe we had met a couple of times at this point, but you were, you just don't mince words. You don't, you're like you, and you don't let your clients like have excuses. Like they can have an excuse to do something, mm -hmm. but you, you don't let that, like that define their whole life or like why they wouldn't want to do something like to, that you don't, that doesn't hinder their happiness. So mm -hmm. I was kind of curious as to like, why do you feel that sort of works the best? Like sort of that tough love type thing. Yeah. Well, I believe in massive personal responsibility. Like that is number one across the board. If you don't have, or if you're not willing to take responsibility for everything in your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you cannot change it. Right? Like you right. have to take responsibility for your own thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. That's what we teach and coach on in coaching. And that's what I do with every one of my clients. And, you know, in the beginning of coaching, when I first started out, you know, you're still like learning, you're a newbie, you're kind of making mistakes along the way, and you're figuring out like who you are as a coach and everything. So in the beginning, you're kind of attracting everybody off the street. And I actually had a client way, way in the beginning. And, um, she just was not willing to take responsibility for anything. And she ended up like totally ghosting me. Like it was my first and only client who ever kind of like quote unquote fired me. And I was totally fine about it. I was like, yeah, like I don't want those people anyway because I literally cannot help them. Like if you're not willing to take responsibility, I can't help you. And so as I've grown over the years and evolved as a coach and like mastered, you know, my own craft, I don't attract anybody into coaching who's not willing to take responsibility because the way I show up in my videos and my marketing, everything, like the people I'm speaking to, they may struggle with it, but now they're willing to change, right? And that's why they're hiring a coach. So yeah, I mean, I think that if that answers your question, it's like if yeah. you don't have responsibility and you're using blame or, you know, that victimhood, it's just coaching's not the arena for you at all. Yes. So mm -hmm. Annie would say that Taylor Swift is not a prime prime candidate for life coaching because, because <laughs> she does not take responsibility. No, she's the victim every time. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, that is, that is a really, that is really interesting. And I think that it is a nice philosophy of, of being, because I think that is the, for, that has to be like the first step. If you're not willing to, I think you, you mentioned like when you're, if you're not willing, not to look stupid, but kind of like to not under, to not be embarrassed, to be fearful of embarrassment is something mm -hmm. that is really, it terrifies people a lot, but you have to do that in order to become some, you know, become like a master of something, right? You just posted Absolutely. something like that. You yeah. I just posted a quote today on Instagram and it's such a brilliant quote because it's so true. You know, I get a lot of people, you know, I, I do, I work with an array of clients. Like they're not just new coaches. Like I work with everybody across the board, but the clients that I do work with who are interested in becoming coaches, or like I have a personal stylist right now, or anybody who's trying to do something in business or get their own side hustle up and running, what happens is a lot of us try to like, you know, cut corners or go around the embarrassment or being a beginner. We're so terrified of just being a beginner and making mistakes and looking stupid. And that is the price you have to pay. Like there is no going around it. And that was the price I was willing to pay. I was like, it was terrifying when I first started coaching and like had to literally pick up the phone and talk to another human being and coach them. You know what I mean? But I was willing to make all of the mistakes because it was the only way through and my dreams were way too important for me not to. And so I think you have to look at it like that is like, okay, there are literally two options here. And which one am I going to choose? You know, I see a lot of people try to 
again, like avoid it by just consuming a lot of educational material. They'll read a lot of books, right? Like we can read all day, every day on how to ride a bike, but it's not until you get on, on the bike and fall off a few times that you actually learn how to ride a bike. And so that's the difference. And that's what I mean by like embarrassment is the toll that you have to, you have to pay to get through. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I definitely want to get into your origin story, but I I first I want to start the episode with something that you ask um, on every client call. You say, and what it is? What are we celebrating today? So yeah. let's go around the horn, as I like to say. So Shana, why don't you start? What are we celebrating today? Yeah, what am I celebrating today? Just a good Monday. You know, I was driving just before this. I had a bunch of clients today, and I did an errand before this call. And I was thinking about talking to you guys, and I'm just like, I think just like having those pauses like wherever you are and just being like, man, I just like, I'm so appreciative for the lifestyle that I've created and the fact that I'm able to be on this with you and to be kind of an example of what's possible for other people. You know what I mean? Like on a Monday, like the fact that I love my Monday, you know what I mean? And that was just something that I've always wanted to create for myself and being in jobs that I hated like earlier on and everything. So I just think like, yeah, just stopping, appreciating and being on here with you guys. Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. <laughs> Annie, Annie, what are you celebrating today? I am celebrating not having a meltdown with tears yet today. Oh, Annie. Yay. Yeah. You got to celebrate those when you're 30, Preggers. almost 35 weeks pregnant. I love it. <laughs> and so exhausted. Yeah. <sighs> Well, that is, so, it. that is, that is, that is worth celebrating. Yeah. That just holding good. it together. We're celebrating just like holding it together today. Yeah. yeah so good. Yeah, for sure. I would say like sort of similarly to I'm totally holding it together, but cause I'm not, but um, I would say that just happy to be here. Like I really, mm -hmm. I turned 34 recently and I just thought, you know, I mean, maybe my life isn't exactly where I want it to be, but I really kind of accepted that and realized like, listen, you know, let's just, let's just enjoy the ride. I'm just happy to be here. I'm 34. I'm healthy. You know, I don't have any, I, I don't have any out, totally outstanding issues. I mean, like with the law or something, I mean, mentally it's a totally different story, but I mean, I'm just saying that it's nice to just, it's nice to just be here. And I've just kind of ridden this sort of mentality and wave since I turned 34. And I, I think that both of you guys, knowing you both sort of do this, I mean, that there are those like little wins. And I feel like you guys celebrate those because I'm so focused on the big things all the time. I'm always like, okay, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm da 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 da. And it's like, you have to scale it back. And yeah. I don't know if That's there was. I don't know if you could speak to that, Shana. Like, is that yeah. something that you help teach or? Oh, yeah. Literally, I probably every single one of my clients struggle with this. They just have their eye on this faraway finish line prize and trophy, you know, and you got to rein them back in. Hence the question, what are we celebrating today? Because the progress is it working. You know what I mean? And the more we just look over there and the lack of what we don't have, and then I, I kind of show them and I bring it through and I'm like, okay, when you focus on that and, you know, the lack of what you don't have and how you feel, how do you show up, right? And they're just not creating the results that they really want when they're so focused over there. But when you can really get back to now and focus on what's in your control now, that's where all your power is, literally. I mean, it's just the human brain in general is just wired for the the end result, right? And so mm -hmm. that's where I help my clients really train their brain for the long game because it's not just going to do it on its own. You got to mm -hmm. train it. And that's, again, hence the question, what are we celebrating today? What's working today? And that really fuels the energy that you need to go do the next thing that gets you closer to the goal, whatever mm -hmm. that is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Totally. Oh, yeah. gosh. I like that's... that. I like that a lot. Even like I'm thinking even going into like motherhood, mm. <laughs> like yeah. thinking about that, not only for myself, because I'm sure those early days are going to be brutal, but also like as I'm raising a kid. Yeah. To, yeah. you know, I mean, I think every, every family kind of has their thing they do. And we always did that. Like, how was your day? Mm-hmm. But I like phrasing it in what are we celebrating today? Because it's just yeah. the focus is right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And committing. And it's, so positive. To it's such a positive, it's such a yes. positive way of outlooking, of outlook things. And you're like, and especially because I feel like as a lot of people do this, I'm sure, especially with like your clients too, maybe Shana, that they all, I mean, every, like you're kind of what you're saying, everyone just focus on the negative. Everyone's mm-hmm. everyone, because it's like what I didn't do, what I haven't gotten, what I aren't, what, what is not happening as opposed yeah. to, oh, actually, I mean, I was thinking, I was recently laid off. Well, I mean, yeah, laid off. Um, too. And I remember like, I was kind of, I, I was at a point where someone was like, Oh, what have you been doing? You know, since, since like being like, Oh, and I thought to myself, I was like, well, you know, I'm in a da da da. And I was like going, and I actually, but I actually was able to sit down and like write this in an email. And I like listed, list out a few things now listed. Wait, is that right? List listed. God, I need my thesaurus. Listed. I need my thesaurus. Okay, it's listed. That's a, that's a second grade word. You're fine. <laughs> okay. Keep okay. moving. Okay. All right. So I was listing, I'll just use a different <laughs> variation of the word. I was listing things and I realized, wow, I actually have accomplished quite a bit in, mm. in a short amount of time that I was. And I think those little things, again, coming back to these small wins, which is so annoying, I'm sure, to the listeners, but like, yeah, you know, to it with me. Yeah. But, uh, but, I, I feel like those those are kind of how, are helping me change my mindset of like, oh wow, I haven't done anything or da 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 da. It's like I yeah. listed three things and I'm like, that would happen for someone in like a year. I mean, right. they, some like that would be an that would be a good that would be people would be like, hoorah or like throw a parade for these three things in one year, and I did them in like three months. But notice how like intentional you had to be about it, right? For sure. To for not sure. ju- because the idea of it, and that's what you're saying. Like the listeners are probably rolling their eyes. I totally get it, and that's what I wrote in my post the other day. I'm like, I know this sounds corny and cliche, but when you get intentional with it, then you feel the power of it. You understand why you're doing it and the result that that has on your day and then your week and whatever. Um, your month so- and even your year. Yeah, exactly. So that's the difference between understanding it conceptually, like eye-rollingly, and then actually applying it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Again, the action is the hardest part. Yes, definitely. Uh, Well, I I love your YouTube channel, Shana, and all of your videos. And there's one there's one that I believe is uh, the top one of your top view videos, or maybe it's mm-hmm. the default video right now on YouTube that is called Overthinking, Overanalyzing, and Overcomplicating. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, if I don't need to put that baby on loop just constantly. Um, but you compare your you compare our brains to toddlers. And I, I I thought it was such an interesting because you do mention like the brain a lot and you mention like mm-hmm. what it does and like everything. And I, I haven't heard that necessarily so clearly before from, mm-hmm. you know, people of your stature, like in the same business as you. But to me, that makes sense. It's like, okay, this is, this is just categorically being a human being, you yeah. know, like, so I, I, I wanted to know, can you explain sort of what the gist of that video is and everyone should go mm-hmm. watch it so you can tease it out, but like, can you explain the context of the video and why constantly overthinking is so detrimental to us? 
Yeah. So there's a lot of layers to that, right? Because I think, I think what you're saying too is like, yeah, like somebody always like, like, like me and my videos referring to our brain, our brain, our brain, right? Like, I don't know if the listeners know even anything about life coaching, right? I think a huge misconception about life coaches is like, we give advice to people, right? It's like so far from the truth of what I do. It's a much more skillful kind of masterful craft, right? And so it is the study and the management of our brains and really understanding how our brains work as far as how we get the results that we want or get or not getting the results that we want. Right. And so, yeah, that, that video really landed for a lot of people. And I totally knew it would because we are overthinkers by nature. Right. And the way I put it is like the thing that I help my clients do is unsubscribe from that brain, right. Unsubscribe from that brain. But then it's really important to have something to subscribe to, because if you're just learning to unscribe from your thoughts, then you're like, wait, what do I subscribe to? Right. So it's really helping them understand the difference between our fearful ego brains that literally just operate on fear and like lame limiting lies all of the time, right? It's like, I have to do this. I should do this. I'm not enough. I need this. I don't have this, right? And it's just that constant chatter that does not go away. And it's never going to go away. That's not the point. The point is, is to understand what it is for what it is so that you don't take it so seriously, so that it doesn't rule your life the way that it probably is if you're not aware of it. And then to manage it accordingly so that you can change the narrative. Narrative, right. And so I think, you know, people that are, and again, it's all of us, we're constant overthinkers, but um, yeah. So I just think the title lands for people. They're like, what do I do to stop the thoughts? Right. Um, and so, yeah, that it is, it is a really good video. And I think just knowing or learning for the first time that like what our thoughts really are is like enlightening for people. I remember when I learned it and I'm like, wait, what do you mean I'm not my thoughts, right? Like, isn't the voice in my head like me, right? And so just that knowing can totally change your entire life. And that's what really got me into coaching in the first place, to be honest. Wow. That mm-hmm. is, that is very, well, yeah. Well, I mean, I want to go, cause I want to go back. Like, how did you decide you wanted to be a life coach? Like, let's talk. Cause mm-hmm. I, I, I know a little bit about your story and, but I want, I want you to like tell our listeners how, how that yeah. sort of morphed and came to be. Totally. So I'll give you kind of the Twitter version. So oh, yeah. Um, a thread, a Twitter thread. Please. Well, yeah. and, and maybe to your point, because it's not just giving advice to people like, and you mm-hmm. can do it kind of through your explanation, but can you give a more in-depth example of what a life coach does for people? I know you did just totally. explaining that video, but yeah. I think, yeah, to your point, like people hear life coach and they're like, oh, well, I don't need That's that because thing. I like, I can go to my friends for advice. Right. So again, yeah. you do not give advice. <laughs> because the, Well, okay. So my story might kind of go into your Yeah, story, no, that's right? fine. That's yeah, why yeah, I yeah. wanted to just like loop it in together. Totally. So growing up, I was a hardcore rule follower, like did everything quote unquote right, followed the rules for my parents, society, got good grades, you know, went to college because that's what I was supposed to do. Because I really did. I was a dreamer as a kid. I wanted this nice lifestyle. I wanted the dream home, all the things. So I did everything quote unquote right, went to college, got a, you know, well-paying, stable job after. And then I was just like, something isn't right. Call call it the quarter-life crisis if you want, whatever, right? And so that's my where I was just like, hmm, something's off. I don't even know who I really am or what I really want. This isn't it. And I just had this moment of like, damn, like what's happening? So I ended up quitting my job, 
I moved out to California because I was magnetically drawn out here. And I guess you could say I went on like a self-discovery quest and I ended up at Barnes and Noble, just kind of following, just like navigating this change by myself out here, literally by myself and ended up Barnes and Noble, self-help section, read my first book and a kind of what I was saying before, just had that moment of like, what? Like, how were we never taught this shit in school? Like I was it was just mind boggling to me, you know? And then I just like dove in. I started implementing the tools. I saw the changes. I started YouTube as like a fun hobby, sharing what I knew. My channel started growing organically. And then, you know, years down the road, I met him. He's more of a business person. And then I turned it into a full-time business. But so coaching, we're not giving advice because then we would just be, we would be enabling the trap that so many people get caught in. And that's following somebody else's rules for you and path and directions. I don't know what the hell my clients want or need, but they do, right? And they just need the tools to uncover what that is. So for me, I'm just like the mirror into their brain because here's the thing. I am a true believer. Sure, I'm a coach. I love this work and every expert probably says this, but like everybody needs a fucking life coach, okay? Because we are way too close to our own shit sometimes to see what it is, right? Like even me, I've been studying this shit for years. I self-coach every single morning. I have the tools, but I still have my own coach because there are blind spots that I cannot see that only somebody else can see. Like even with my own clients, I know my clients' brains so well. I'm like, oh, you're doing that thing you're doing again, right? And they're just like, oh my God, you know? And so you got to have that person, you know? Um, so yeah, it's really just about calling them out on their shit, what their brains like to do by habit and breaking those cycles. Because if we take the same brain and we bring it somewhere else, we're going to keep creating the same results, the same type of relationship, the same type of job. And they were like, what's happening? I keep like creating the same thing. It's because you haven't changed your brain to think differently about yourself and about what's possible and about what you can create and all of it. And that is like, the foundation for everything. Sorry, I just went on a rant because no, I mean, <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, so really that's blew my mind. Yeah, that's it's, kind of my especially mind. if what? some people have blind spots, and I must be like a semi truck, like just full <laughs> of blind spots everywhere. Like can't merge or do anything. Your so. blind spots are so big that you don't even hear when people are trying to coach you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Wait, but Annie, what were you gonna say? What were you gonna say? Yeah, I was gonna say. So, what would be I guess the biggest difference between a life coach and a therapist. Yeah. So that's a very popular question. Um, in a general sense, therapy tends to focus more on the past um, and coaching okay. is more present and future focused. It's gotcha. not to say that if a client comes, you know, with a past story, we let the client say the story or tell the story once, but I have a lot of my clients commit to never telling that story again to themselves or to anybody else because you got to draw that line in the sand um, and then we got to move on, right? So I have a lot of clients who've done therapy for years and it works, You right? Like, I mean, there's a time and place. I did a post not too long ago about this, but there's a time and place for therapy and there's a time and place for coaching, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And you just got to you got to be aware and self-evaluate and be like, is this the thing that's working for me or not? And then figure it out. Right. Because I have a lot of clients who are like, I've been in therapy for years and it's like coaching's the thing that they need. Right. Mm -hmm. And if coaching's not the thing, maybe it's therapy. Right. And so there's no right or wrong. But yeah, in a general sense, therapy tends is tends to focus more in the past and uh, coaching's more present future focused. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I was just curious because it does seem to your point, <clears throat> they 
almost feel like they would go hand in hand together really well, just because Mm -hmm. I feel like in order to be able to focus on the present and future, you do have to work through the shit that we, that you went through in your past. Yeah. Um, Or at least to your point, acknowledge that there's shit there and like commit to not dwelling on it. Totally. Right. You know, I'm writing it down. I'm always writing. (laughs) I write everything down. Uh, yeah. And so but. in coaching too, like we solve for the thinking, like every problem is a thought problem. Right. And so like, yes, I'm tough love, massive personal responsibility, but the bed of my teachings is on unconditional, like spiritual wholeness and worthiness. Right. So I'm not bringing in clients who are broken, who need fixing. It's like, you're already a hundred percent whole and worthy, no matter what's happened, regardless of the past, whatever, you may be having the thought that you're broken and we can solve for that, but we can't solve for a broken human being because that's not a thing, right? It's like trying to solve for a disease that doesn't even exist. Do you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? So we're always solving for the thoughts that are causing the suffering and then we can move on. So yeah, of course, I mean, the past is going to come up. Like you keep attracting the same shithead in your life. It's like you have thoughts from your past, they probably came from everything comes from childhood, right? That you picked up along the way. And so it's good to know like, yeah, this is where it came from, but we don't need to like swim in the the breakdown, I guess is the best way to put it. We right. like, we get to the breakthrough of it. It's like, oh, right. this is where it came from. Okay. Now this is how I change it. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, I love, I love what you were talking about with the prescription or sub subscription of of things in terms of, you know, you are not identifying what the people, uh, what you said are more eloquent than I'm going to say, but I just was thinking about like our parents, like think about all of us in this zoom or whatever stream yard thing. We all have moved away from our family home. Like we are living lives probably differently than our, than our families are. Like there's so many things just innately in that one thing that are so different that like, how could we, yes, of course they can, they can advise us. We look to our parents. We, I'm sure we all very much love and respect all of our families and everything, but I, I just even putting it in that perspective, it's like, they can't, it's like, I have something different that I want that, you know, that like, no matter how much I want to prescribe to their style of living or how they've chosen to live their life, mm-hmm. it's never going to fit the same way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's what you're saying, but to me, that's kind of like, that's almost more comforting to know that it, I'm doing something that, you know, say, let's just use me. I, I'm doing something totally different that I don't have to worry about like that comparison or shouldn't have to be concerned about that, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, and again, this goes along with the philosophies of coaching too. And I mean, we all, we, we all know what's best for ourselves. And I'm a big believer. What's best for me is ultimately what's best for every single other person in my life, whether or not they can see it right away. Right. And so, yeah, it's just like. Okay. Wait, elaborate on that. Why do you say that? About what's best for me is best for everybody else. In your life, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, if I'm showing up from the truest expression of who I am, right, mm-hmm. that 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 energy feeds off, right? And so, yeah, people with maybe their own agendas of how you should live your life are not going to like that at first. Like I have a lot of clients who come into coaching and they change so much and they're like, everything's changing around me. I'm like, no, no, you're changing and everybody else is having a reaction to it, right? Some are good and some mm-hmm. are bad and all of it. And that's where you have to like 
grab a hold of this, the, you know, like you're a captain of the ship with it going down and be like, like, wait, this is my life and I get to decide and, and really take on that place or that position of empowerment and, um, sticking true to your own guns, you know? And yeah, not everybody's going to like it and that's okay. Right. Um, but yeah, I've just, I've seen, People live their lives according to how other people think they should. And it is, I mean, it is for the birds. Like trying to please yeah. everybody else in your life, it ain't it ain't ever gonna work. It's exhausting. So you're you're saying just because I I just want to make sure that I'm understanding you correctly. Yeah. So you're saying mm -hmm. like living life how it's best for you when you say it's best for everyone around you, also. Yeah. You mean they need to be living what's best for them. Well, they don't need to. I mean, that's a choice, right? Right. I mean, but I'm right. saying, but, but like, but that's what you're saying. Like they should be living what, because when you initially said it, what I thought you mm -hmm. meant is like your way is the best way. Oh, no, no. I'm saying like And so that's, okay. Because I was like. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Not my way. No, <laughs> okay. I'm saying like whatever your way is. Yeah. Okay. Not, got it. Is got the it. best not, way. Yeah. yeah that's no, what, that's what I thought, but I just was like, I can't go on without making sure that we're on the same page. Yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> that would discredit everything I've said in the, <laughs> the right. last 30 minutes. This episode of The Nobodies is brought to you by emilyroggenberg.com. Why didn't you use the sexy voice? Uh, you mean your psychopath voice? It was my psychopath voice? I definitely thought it was my sexy voice. Well, it's not, and it's appalling. But you know what's not appalling is apparel, specifically from emilyroggenberg.com. Ain't that the truth? Her hometown apparel that represents Cleveland, New York, and Los Angeles are so tight. Oh my God, we've talked about your use of the word type. All right, well, I think her products are awesome. Okay, well, that I completely agree with. Emily Roggenberg's clothing is top of the line with unique designs and beautiful neutrals that you can wear for any occasion. You truly can wear them anywhere. The bar, the coffee shop, trips to get burritos. Trips to get burritos? Okay, whatever. Um, but yes, right now you can save 20% off your purchase when you order on emilyroggenberg.com. That's right. 20% off at emilyroggenberg.com, promo code nobody. Guys, I promise you will not be disappointed. Annie, I just ordered my oversized sweatshirt to keep me cozy in the cool months. I really don't love that sentence, but I really do love that you finally ordered it. Woohoo! It's the small wins. Oh my God, pushing it with that woohoo. And now back to the show. So when you when you do take on a new client and stuff, like what are the, I mean, you know, if you want to, what are some of like some initial questions that you ask them that you kind of like, mm -hmm. don't give away all your secrets, but like just how do you sort of like get into that process of like yeah. getting them to their best selves? Yeah, I mean, you know, every client's different, every opportunity for, and here's here's the best way to put it put it. Coaching is an art, it's not a science. And what I mean by that is coaching is all about getting to know yourself so intimately that you know exactly what you need in every moment and then you have the tools to honor it. And so that's what I say like coaching is so much more skillful than I think a lot of people realize because every client is coming to me with a different quote unquote problem even though we're all kind of struggling with the same shit, right? But like, but some clients need to be pushing harder, right? The clients that struggle to take action. Some people who are hustlers in action need to slow the F down and self-coach, right? And like work on their thoughts. Some people need to 
drop resistance and feel through their emotions. Some people need to do this. Some people, right? And it's always changing. We're always changing. So it's really coaching is all about just asking questions because a lot of the times we're just not asking ourselves the right questions, right? Or not asking questions at all, to be honest. And we mm -hmm. can't open ourselves up to new ideas and new solutions if we're not asking questions. We can't. I mean, that goes on a larger scale too, like totally what's happening in the world, right? But on a personal scale, we have to be open to asking ourselves new questions so that we can discover new ideas and solutions. And that's what I help them do. And it's so rewarding in the moment. You know, I coach my clients on a Zoom call, you know, similar to this, where I can see them like kind of blow their own mind and be like, oh, or like, like a new idea or something, it just feels so much better in their body because it feels true, right? Mm -hmm. And because we're so used to, again, just subscribing to lies and limitations that it feels heavy, it feels restricting. And as soon as they open themselves up to something new and they get that dose of like, oh, wait, this feels so good to me. This feels true to me. That's how we like navigate in the direction of like what's calling to them. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Definitely. Well, and it also goes to, I mean, it, it, like you said, it's, it is a larger thing, even from like from a world's view, but also like a historical view. Mm -hmm. Like there's really hard, I was just having a conversation with a couple of people about this and it's like, you know, it's hard to know really anything in terms of like the history, like how do you follow anything like what, what's being taught in schools or whatever, because everything is so subjective, regardless of what, whether you think so or not, look at history. It's whose history are we telling? Whose yeah. history, who gets the, who's the person that gets to be told this? Mm -hmm. Or I mean, who's the person that gets their history told and other people fall by the wayside? And it's just, it's interesting, even like from a science, like science and like math are like the worst subjects that I ever did, but I feel like they're the most reliable in this sense because they actually, I mean, again, they're more technical, but it's not so, they're not as subjective, if that makes sense. And I think that's kind of like what you're saying in the sense of, uh, of like from a, from a client standpoint too, because it's like, you're telling yourself a story that may or may not be true. I mean, I yeah. do it every day when I wake up, I'm like, I don't know what, what, who I'm today. So like, let's get, I mean, I'm, that's dramatic, but I'm just, it's interesting how that, that the stories that we tell ourselves ultimately do define us. Totally. And that seems really weird mm -hmm. because you let things like, you let things percolate and like fester in you. And mm. you're like, is this even this, why is this, why are we, you, you said something recently, I think Shana, on one, on one of your posts that was like, why that doesn't need to take that much out. Like there's, there doesn't, you don't need to put that in your head. Like that doesn't need real estate yeah, anywhere in your body. Yeah. You know, well, so if, you, like, if you have the realization though, that what you tell yourself is who you become and who you are, why not just stop telling yourself the bullshit? Yeah. Like that's, I, this whole time we're talking, I'm thinking about this and Bryce, you know, this, like I, I'm very much somebody that's just like, this is who I am. And mm -hmm. like, I don't get hung up on a lot of things that people get hung up on and, or I don't think I do, at least in my own, it doesn't bother me. And so for me, I'm just, it's sometimes it's hard to understand, like if it doesn't serve you, just let it go. Yeah. And yeah. then as you're talking through this, I'm like, well, does that make me like a sociopath? Like, <laughs> no. why am I like unable to understand? Like, if this is just causing you so much distress mm -hmm. and it's clearly a roadblock in your life, mm -hmm. just stop. Like, just right. move on. Yeah. You know, I guess it's hard for me to wrap my head around why someone would continue to Bryce, to use a Bryce word, like, let it percolate in their brain when they are the person in charge of it. 
Totally. Well, I think it's because like you said, you, it's just something you identify with. So it because it, it's almost feels it's natural to you. Right. And yeah. so you're like, why isn't this like, what is everybody doing? Like, can't you just do this yes. too? You know what I mean? And believe me, I have those <laughs> moments too. I'm like, can we just like let it go? Right. Uh, but, yes. but it just, yeah, for some people, you know, and, and you're a good example. Like one of the biggest tools that I use in coaching when, you know, my clients are deciding like, okay, like this isn't serving you. Like, who do you want to be? Right. And like, this is a good example. Like, Annie, I don't know how you would describe that personality, but maybe you're like, I'm just more carefree. I let things go more easily. Right. And so if one of my clients wants to be more like that, right, what I would have them do is like, okay, what is like Annie thinking right now? Right. Like literally pause in that moment when you catch yourself because self-awareness is huge. Right. When you're about to like, you know, obsess over something that's out of your control or whatever and be like, okay, just take a step back and be like, what would Annie say right now? What would she do? And just that, that small tool alone, right? Mm -hmm. And just like breaking that cycle can totally evolve you into your next level self, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's where it's like, we can change, right? But on your point, it's like, you got to be willing to, right? Like some yeah. people will say they want to be more like that, but they're just, there. there is that something holding them back. Yeah. Well, and I was not always like that. I was very much like a be in the middle. Like, it still happens to me sometimes where I wake up in the middle of the night and I'll start stressing about something. Mm -hmm. And I like actively say, what can you do about this right this second? Right. And if the answer is nothing, I'm like, Mm -hmm. all right, see ya. Like, we're not going to even. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to like hold on to that. Totally. So I guess it's just. Yeah, I mean, I guess, and I, I've never had a life coach. I, I do, to your point, think that everyone should have someone like that that can help mm-hmm. them kind of move towards that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just hard. It's hard for me to understand. Like Bryce, I say that to you all the time. I'm yeah. like, I wrote down what would right Annie now? say right what now. Would what would Annie say? say? <laughs> it's gonna be my. I'm gonna write that on my. My door, every door in my home. Yeah, um, we'll no, just write uh, that there and don't text me every time you think it. Exactly. I'm going to need now that you're going now that you're going to have a child and actually need to take care of someone else. Yeah. Um, so I'll have to I'll have to be left to my own devices. But I do think I, I think this is really interesting, and I like that I like this conversation because I think uh, you know I've had similar conversations with like with my parents who who feel that that same way too, Annie. Where it's like just stop. And sometimes it's like I I don't know. I think I've gotten a lot better. I think it is about self-awareness too. And I think like Shana, you can definitely talk to this. I'm sure this is something that you easily like will tell a lot of your clients, but I think it's, it's becoming that it's just becoming more self-aware of like, okay, like you said, what can you do in this, in this second? Or like, I am so infuriatingly indecisive Mm -hmm. and they're like things that you do, do not need indecision about like just the most mundane things. Like, should I go to the gym or go get coffee first? Like that's something that I would (laughs) obsess over. And I just, and I, and I've gotten a lot better at being like, like literally stepping, taking one singular step back and being like, Bryce, you've got to stop this. Like it is, it's, it's making me mad. Like it actually makes me mad. And I'm like, you have to stop doing this, make a decision and go like, just stop. What does that stem from? Like Shana in your, in your professional opinion, that's a good question. Like what does, what does that indecisiveness stem from? Indecisive. I mean, again, it could trace back to your childhood somehow. Like, I I don't know, maybe something happened. It literally could have been one event that just triggered you to be like, I can't make my own decisions or I'm scared to make the wrong one. It could be like a right or wrong thing. Like a lot of my- That's a really good idea. That's a really good thing. Like I'm thinking, I'm just thinking back because like, 
usually if I'm, if I were to make a decision, like, especially when I was younger, people would either, I'd be like either criticized. I would probably oh, like not all the time, but like, I'd be criticized maybe, or that's something that's like making the decision and being like the, the, the steel beam that is holding this decision together yep. freaks me out. And that's why I can't make a decision or, there, or whatever. There's your problem. It's, I it's also the fear like, of being a right or wrong and fear yeah. of making the wrong decision. And now it's just like spewing probably to all areas. But I also where. feel like I will say in if on counter counterly, I will say that in my professional life, I'm very easy. I mean, I have to be able to make fast decisions at, yeah. for, as a producer, as doing things, especially when you're in the moment and like you're on a shoot and there's not anything. You have to make a decision. You have to be a problem solver. And I think mm -hmm. I'm really good at that. But it's some reason, like, I think it's certain people like that. You hear about, like, I mean, not to, this is not a dig at all, Shana, but and I'm not saying it's you. I'm just saying that, like, some people say, like, therapists, like, therapists are can be really good therapists, but they can be complete messes, like, in their personal life. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's just like an example of like, wow, I can be so decisive here in one mm -hmm. scenario and I can't be, I mean, I'm sure everybody is probably like that in certain aspects, but yeah. it is really interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I want to go back really quickly to the misconceptions of private coaching, because I feel like there's a mm -hmm. lot, like you said, like who people can be like, who, who, like, oh, I, you have a life coach. Like, you know, mm -hmm. you, I, I'm sure you get that a lot, like sort of being <laughs> like taught, like looked down upon, like maybe not that critical, but like. What, what are some other misconceptions other than like, just, I, we don't give advice. Like what are some other things you've ran into? Yeah. I mean, I do think that life coaching has become way more mainstream than it was. And to your point, like of kind of what you were saying about like your life's a mess, whatever, right? Like life coaching is not a regulated field, which has its pros to becoming a coach and, you know, starting a business, but then it has its cons. Cause like Joe Schmo off the street can call himself a life coach today. Right. Yeah. And so <laughs> that's something to be careful of too. Like you really want to make sure that, you know, you're weeding out the bad apples and that's not just coaching. It really is every field. Do you know what I mean? Um, but as far as more misconceptions about coaching, yeah, I think actually kind of, again, going back to what you were saying, I think there's a misconception that like coaches maybe th like claim they have a perfect life or, or whatever. And like, that's not it at all. Like, I don't claim to have a perfect life. I claim to be obsessed with bettering my life. I claim to, you know, learn from my mistakes over and over again and show up for the full human experience, which is 50% positive, 50% negative. It's not, you know, all of that. And with that being said, I think the other misconception is that coaches just like put a, like a, want to always put like a pretty positive picture on everything. No, like I'm also going to tell you when you're being an asshole. You know what I mean? So like there's that. So yeah, I, I, think I, might, I feel I like I might be curve. good at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like taking notes. She's yeah, like, what yeah. can I get You can into call this? people an asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that sold her. She's like starting her LLC yeah, tomorrow. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually just Googled common myths about life coaching. Yeah. You don't have to give a big explanation, but okay. maybe this can just give yeah. us a little guidance on for people that still are kind of like, what's happening? Especially our Midwest listeners that are like, life coaching is a real thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So the first myth is coaches have all the answers. Right. So that's, yeah, that is a myth. We don't have all the answers. We have a lot of tools. But again, we believe that you have all the answers to what mm -hmm. you need and what you need to decide and all of that. So that's, it's the opposite. Okay. Mm -hmm. Myth number two is that successful people do not need coaches. 
Oh, that is a myth. A hundred percent. I, yeah. If, I mean, there's always shit at the next level. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. again, I, like everyone thinks it's like I was on my mastermind call the other day and one of the girls was like, I just will feel so much better or I think I'll feel so much better once I get, I think it was like 100K and all of us on the call were just like shaking our heads. We were just like, nope. It's just, there's just another layer of shit there that you have to evolve your brain to become a million dollar coach. And when you become a million dollar coach you, to 10 million. And so the work is never done. So, mm. I mean- yeah. So Jenny, no, you mentioned that too on your, on your site, you're like, oh, it, maybe it was your realization and you were like, you're like, oh, well, if I just change my job or if I change mm -hmm. my relationship or if I change all these different things, this is going to happen. And you had, you were like, no, that's not mm -hmm. how this works. Like you have yeah. to change from within. It's not the exterior crap around you. And also yeah. people who successful people has, have we all seen the show succession, all those people need a life coach. And they're the richest people on the supposedly planet. in the world. So Yeah, exactly. And I think, again, it, it sounds like a nice idea. Like it starts from the inside out. Circumstances or material things can't create, you know, happiness or whatever. But I think when you really experience it, like for so long, I was like, guys, no. I was like, I swear I'll feel so much better. I'll never have a problem again. I'll never have a worry again once I do my first 10K month. Like that was my big goal as a coach. And I did it. And I literally felt nothing. And you're I talking about nothing. monetary? You're not talking about Yeah, followers. monetary. Like that oh, was okay. a big financial goal for me. And I just, in my head, my brain was like, I just got to get there. I just got to get there. I'll feel so much better. And I did. And I felt nothing. And then there was just another problem. I was like, oh, but what if I can't do it again? Right? And so I think when you have that experience for the first time, you're like, oh, it really is never better over there. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. then you kind of get back to reality and you're like, okay, I better just enjoy where I am and enjoy the journey. And that's something that I've really mastered over the past year, which I'm really proud of, is like, I got it. I understand what now it looks like and feels like to love where you are and have the certainty of working toward the future that you want. Like that's the sweet spot mm -hmm. right there. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's okay to celebrate those moments. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you know, like celebrate those goals and accomplishments, but to base the entire success of your life on it is like totally. a very dangerous thing to do. The attachment um, will kill you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. How about the myth that coaching is too expensive? Um, that is a myth because, well, I mean, I've invested, in, you know, the first coach that I ever invested in was 9K and I almost threw up. I was literally on the red. I did not have the money, right? But to me, I mean, if I want something bad enough, I will find a way to make it happen. I don't care how much it is. I don't care what I need to sacrifice. I will find a way, right? And so I think when people are like, it's too expensive, I would check in with your belief and your commitment to whatever it is that you say you want, right? I mm -hmm. mean, again, I mean, I, I obviously like know and love the value of coaching. I mean, our brain literally runs the show with every single thing in our life. So if you struggle to make money, then you know, if you want to make more money, you got to fix your brain. Like, right. And like one of my old coaches is like, yeah, like, right. People will be like, well, I can go buy a cart. Not that coaching is that expensive, but like I can go buy a car instead of, you know, coaching. And it's like, yeah, but if you invest in coaching, you can go buy 10 cars. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? right. And so there's, there's that way yeah. to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Can yeah. you go into, we don't have to go through all these myths cause there's like 20 of them, but oh, can wow. you go into a little bit more of, um, like, how it is priced. Cause I know people stay away from therapy for the same reason. And I don't mean to keep comparing therapy in no, this, but yeah, I think it, it does hold people back like the cost of something mm -hmm. like this. 
Totally. So, I mean, every coaching program is going to vary based on cost. Mm -hmm. You know, there's private coaching. I'm working on a group coaching program that's launching in January, which I'm super excited about. So oh. that's like at a lower price point, right? Because you can you can scale and you can coach more people at once and then it's more affordable. Um, but I'm really, I'm not doing it to make it more affordable to people. I think when you price something too low, you're actually doing a disadvantage to them, right? Like I started out like that, right? Like when I first started coaching, you're just like, you're nervous and you're like pricing out of fear. You're like, oh, people can't afford this. So I'm going to price it really low. But then you're attracting the wrong people. Those people aren't stretching themselves to invest in that, right? Like when I invest in 9K, you better fucking believe that I was all in. I had to be. I literally didn't have the money to pay it back. And I was like, this, this is it. I am all in. I'm committed no matter what. I am here until I get what I want and what I came for. And so when you invest a larger amount, it puts so much more skin in the game. And my clients, like I charge 6K for six months and that's a big investment for some people, right? And they feel stretched. And I'm telling you, as soon as you make that fucking investment, it's like their brains have already changed. And usually there's a little bit of a gap period between the time they invest. I have them go into my portal and then we start coaching a few weeks later. And even on that first call, they are totally already different from who they were on the consult because they've already changed the neural pathways in their brain of like, I am all in, I'm committed, I'm here to do whatever it takes. And mm -hmm. so that's why like the investment being too high, it's bullshit. Like if you really want something, you'll make it happen. If not, check in with your belief about how badly you want it. Really, I, I have so really many cool. people that I'm listing off in my brain that I want to refer to you. Bring them my way. Yeah, <laughs> I'm seriously. like, oh my God, so-and-so needs a life coach. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Jana, before we get to our special segment, the holidays and the new year are coming up and a lot of people want to make life-altering decisions during this time. Um, if people are going to make like resolutions, like first of all, what is sort of like, how do you feel about resolutions and how do people sustain them? Like I just, or, or if there's something that, is there something that some that people can do in terms of like the first, like even if you want to go further in terms of like life coaching or like how like a different outlook on life, like yeah. how do people sort of like do that just to maybe like a sliver of something? Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily make resolutions personally, just because I feel like I'm always like making setting goals and, and yeah. that's just my personality. I'm like obsessed with bettering my life. But I think that where people go sideways with the resolution game is people rely too heavily on the novelty of the new year to drive them all the way through to the finish line. And it's not going to cut it. I mean, listen, I like everybody else. I love the start of a new year. I love a fresh beginning, new start type of thing. There's nothing wrong with that, but it really is. It's, it's a form of extrinsic motivation. So it's that dopamine rush that we get, but it's not long lasting. It doesn't have the staying power to get to the end result, right? So you got to check in with yourself and you got to tap into more of that intrinsic motivation. Our brains are motivated by pain or pleasure. So we're either motivated because we are literally just can't take one more day at our job or in this relationship or with this bank account, right? And that that's definitely the more popular intrinsic motivation, right? Where I get people all the time in coaching, they're like, I can't take one more day. I'm like, well, you've been there for eight years. You're fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, so it's either like, like feed into the pain of it and why you want it so badly, or there's the pleasure train, which is a little bit, um, 
it's the train that's not really written as much. If you're making a hundred K, it takes a lot more out of you to be like, I'm going to quit my job and start my own business so I can make a million dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. But either way, those are both forms of intrinsic motivation. So you want to check in with yourself why you're doing it. And then again, it really just goes back to our thoughts, you guys, you, right? Again, if you're just being dependent on the novelty of the new year, you got to check in with the thoughts about you that you have about yourself and about your goal and about your certainty that you're going to achieve it. Like the best thing you can do when it comes to goal setting is bridge the gap between here and now. So you want to look over there, the, the version of you that's already achieved the thing that you want, and you want to adopt those thoughts now in the present moment. That's the fuel that's going to get you there no matter what. Um, so that's hopefully yeah. that answers no, your that question. Is, that's yeah. great. On that note, if there is one actionable item mm -hmm. that people mm -hmm. can do to help them be intentional, what mm -hmm. would that be? One actionable item to be intentional. I would say set time in the morning before you get your day going because once your brain gets going, it's like jumping out of an airplane without a parachute and then wanting a fucking parachute, okay? It's that much harder to rein it back in. So I am a huge self-coacher in the morning. Like for me, that just looks like one page in my journal and being super intentional about – you know, whatever it is that I'm working on, like I always, from my own coaching, I always have something that I'm working on, but like, just be intentional. Like, how do I want to show up today? What do I want to think about myself? It's a, if it's an area that you're currently working in, just get ahead of it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Cause otherwise your brain's just going to go off and then you're just going to be in default mode. So yeah, morning, get intentional with your shit and it will change your days, you know? And once you start to experience the days when you do it versus not, it'll motivate you to keep doing it and make it a practice. Mm -hmm. Yes. Love oh, that. The awesome. five minute journal is really good for that. Yeah. For I have people that. just starting out. Yes, yeah. It's awesome. Good. So good. Love it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll get it. All right. <laughs> All right. Shana, Shana, Annie and I, um, as you may or may not know, Annie and I really love our moms. Um, that's how we know each other. And so we thought it would be fun to ask one of them to submit a question or two to ask our somebodies in a special segment we so uncreatively call the mom questions. Okay. Today's mom questions come from my mom, Jane, who asks, have you ever had a client issue that you couldn't get them over the hurdle or do you see the same recurring issues from clients? And yes. oh, okay. there's, where's the follow-up oh, question? Okay. The <laughs> no, sorry. That was a lot. So go ahead and say those, do those two first. Well, I think the first one I kind of answered, I think the only hump I can't get people over is if they're unwilling to take responsibility. Okay, yeah. Just not going to work out for either of us, whatever. Wait, what was the second question? Uh, do you see the same recurring issues from clients? Like, is there, do uh, a lot of people have the same, are yeah. they? They're all that there's a lot they're, of they're all the same, whether it's showing up in career and money relationships, it's all the same shit. It's like not thinking you're worthy, not really own, like not believing in how deserving you are, self-love, um, impatience is a huge one. People who are just so impatient. Again, we're talking about like the final yeah. you know, end results. Um, yeah, all it, it's all the same shit. Yeah, our, so brains was, are, our brains are all the same. Yeah. That's what, that was her, that was her like piggyback question. She said, what is the number okay. one issue clients come to you to help them resolve? So that's, so you answered like a, a bunch of those. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's question. really interesting. Good question. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Shana, we like to end our somebody sessions. Uh, we ask everybody the same three questions. So mm -hmm. Annie, will you do the honors? Yes. The first one is what is your favorite hard seltzer or alcoholic beverage? Ooh, I mean, 
don't I feel like I'm going to be judged, but I love Blue Moon. No. Guys. Like that is my really. That why would we judge moon. you for that? Yeah, I don't know. I just moon. feel like it's kind of a basic bitch answer. But anything- have you had Light Sky? I feel like I've asked people this. Light Sky is the hundred calorie Blue Moon. No, it's no, really because good. Bryce. Okay, Shana, that would have made you a basic bitch. Okay, but, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, that was reserved for Bryce. Truth, truth. <laughs> it's so good though. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> No, we're tried and true Midwesterners. Like Blue Moon yeah. is a great answer. Blue Moon yeah, is Blue great. Moon or Rose. Yeah, like something like that. Yeah. 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 Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one is what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Ooh. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Best piece of advice I've ever been given. Guys. Or like the best. What about the dual turn on its head? What is the best thing like that your co- your life co- like a life coach has said to you? Yeah, that's good. Um, I think just in the coaching realm is just like you like be your own client first and foremost always and like practice what you preach do the work be the example of what's possible and i think that's what makes me a great coach is cuz i'm always in there like i i deal you know i'm always open to the hard and the harder and the good and everything i'm just like in the game of life and so i think yeah just I think, and especially early on in my coaching, that was probably the best advice is like, be your own client first and foremost. And I took it and I ran and it served me very well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. The last Mm -hmm. question is, what do you believe that you are an expert of? And it doesn't have to be life coaching. It can be completely... Okay, so that was my answer, but I definitely could no, it, myself. it can't. No, 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 it can be. But we just always, you are always like, yeah, we, we, you should, yeah, we yeah. Just, um, we always give the caveat that it doesn't have to be like I, I could say like spaghetti expert, right? Like yeah, I mean, aside from coaching, I love interior design. I think I just love, I love my biggest thing in life, my biggest joy, whether it's coaching or not, whether it's like a coaching program, but like having a vision and seeing it come to life, right? Like mm-hmm. whether it's our Halloween picture, whether it's a new recipe I'm trying in the kitchen, whether it's a room that I'm designing or a photo shoot or like literally anything, having a vision and like literally bringing it to life and seeing it in true form is the most satisfying experience ever. So I feel like I've been expert in like taking a vision and bringing it to life, no matter how small or insignificant, quote unquote. Um, but yeah, that's like my jam. It's my vibe. Well, that is our sh- that is our show. Thank you once again for being here, Shayna. You can and show yeah. her at Shayna Lease on Instagram, and definitely go subscribe to her YouTube channel at Shayna Lease, and please visit her website at shaynalees.com. That's S H A I N A L E I S dot com for private coaching inquiries, videos, and much, much more. Shayna, is there anything else you'd like to plug? Tell- what about the group? Tell us. Tell about your group coaching. Oh yeah, just quickly. Yeah, I'm doing, um, I'm launching a new masterclass. It's called Rise Up in January and it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. And I'm so excited about it. Um, I've spent the good portion of this year. Well, I let the idea really marinate and mature for six months and then I went for it. I basically have taken everything that I've ever done in my coaching career and I've gone through it with a fine tooth comb and I've mastered it, remastered it, trimmed fat, like everything. My current clients have access to it right now and they love it. So I can't wait to just like launch it to the public. And yeah, it's going to be a great program with group coaching every week. So yeah. Oh my gosh. That sounds so amazing. And like you have so many great reviews on your website. Like everyone, if you're, if you're Mm -hmm. interested at all, like definitely check, check out Shana because she, and go to, go see the reviews. Like don't listen to us. You can go and look at all the reviews and all the people that say how life-changing this is. So Mm -hmm. definitely, definitely go check, 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 
check it out. Check it out. Freaking broken record. Having a stroke now. All right. Well, thank you so much, Shannon. Let's all go get some. Wait, what? Blue moons together? Yeah, blue moons. Once Annie can like. Oh yeah, we gotta wait for Annie. Okay. Yeah. No, that's okay. I'm used to watching at this point, so that is we could do it. We could do it in the next, you know, month and a half or so. Okay, so if you guys are not already doing so, please follow us on Instagram at Nobody's Pod, at Andy underscore Wilk, and at Bryce Advice. It's the exact same on TikTok. Twitter is at Nobody's The Pod. Same for our personals. And you can always email us at noexpertallopinion at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. We hope you have an amazing weekend. And more importantly, a mediocre week. Thanks, guys. The Nobody's Podcast is produced by me, Annie Wilkinson, and Bryce McClay. It is recorded remotely in small, crummy apartments in the San Fernando Valley. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.